You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to episode eight of the Broadway Teachers Podcast. Hello, Gordon. Hey, Pam. I'm so glad that this is sort of the finale for our first season of the Broadway Teachers Podcast to have Bobby and Kristen Lopez uh, at the Broadway Teachers Workshop a few years ago was such a treat. They were oh, coming off. The they were huge, adorable. Yeah, they were so adorable. And they were coming off the huge hit of Frozen, of course, um, and it was about to be on Broadway. Uh, I had just done a concert of theirs that I directed at Lincoln Center uh, in which we spanned all of their work. Um, so it was a great opportunity to really uh, get to know them, know everything they do, and understand the range and scope of their talents. It's sort of amazing. Um, you'll hear a lot about them personally, uh, their family, and uh, the love that holds them together and propels uh, a lot of their wonderful, wonderful uh, music. Um, so here they are. Enjoy the conversation. The following was recorded live at the Broadway Teachers Workshop an annual program that brings theater teachers together with the Broadway community for behind the scenes classes, workshops, intimate discussions, and Broadway shows in New York City and online. Learn more at www.broadwayteachinggroup.com. Please welcome Bobby and Kristen Lopez. Hi. Hi, you guys. I'm, I'm really honored to be here. We're really honored to be here today um, and really want to think of this as a, a talk to the people who actually inspired us the most. Um, you guys are doing God's work out there. I know it isn't easy. I was a um, theater educator myself in my 20s. Um, while he was writing Avenue Q, I, I would get up at 6 in the morning and get to school at 7.30 and start uh, start saying, if you can hear my voice, clap once. If you can hear my voice, clap twice. <laughs> um, so I, I have tremendous respect um, for what you guys do, and I, I hope that what we share with you today can be useful uh, and help you on those Tuesdays in February when you're like, I want to go to the Caribbean and never come back. <laughs> um, uh, actually, one of the stories I wanted to share also was um, when I was in fourth grade, my mom took me to a production of My Fair Lady at the Elmsford Dinner Theater. And I saw it once, and I came back, and that weekend... I wrote my own version of My Fair Lady, and I brought it in to my fourth grade teacher, and I said, I wrote the school play. Um, and, and I dumped it on her desk, and it was all handwritten, terrible handwriting. And I was like, I want to do this. I want to direct it and, and produce it and put it on for the school. And God bless Miss Leibowitz. She was like, okay. Uh, and she was The MTI my... lawyers weren't as powerful back then. <laughs> Um, 
I had written a version of My Fair Lady that included an Eliza as a child scene where everybody called each other a dingling, and uh, and then forward to, forwarded to her, you know, sort of the story. Except I changed the ending because I thought Eliza shouldn't be with that guy. And, and <laughs> hey, tell them, tell them what it was. Um, I actually found the script a year ago. My well, my my one of my best friends sent it to me. She had saved it somehow, and it ends with her calling Higgins a dingling and going off and teaching all the Cockneys how to speak proper English, paying it forward. <laughs> um, one day, I really want to do this show. By the way. Um, But my teacher, it was my teacher who said, okay, and acted like a producer and pulled in the music department, Mrs. Huntington and Mr. Carlisle, and they taught us all the music and pulled in the art art department and had them all make, you know, cockney hats and paper flowers and maids costumes. And, um, and she was the one who said, yeah. And, and uh, I never forget that. Every, every step that I take and, and with my own daughters, I try and say, like, yeah, yeah, let's do a bagel show or whatever. Uh, <laughs> and Bobby's, Bobby's story is similar. Yeah, well, I had, I had similar stories. I had teachers who were so encouraging to me as an as a elementary school kid uh, who showed signs of wanting to write. So in third grade, um, we had just started to use the cafeteria instead of bringing our lunch. And I was so um, interested in the cafeteria uh, (laughs) that I was inspired by the idea of a meatball hero to write a show called Super Meatball about a meatball that jumps out of a sandwich and sort of saves the day all the time. Um, And then uh, in in middle school, I I was in a group. I don't know if some of you guys teach theater groups outside of schools, but that's right around here. I grew up in this neighborhood on Bleecker Street, and um, we were the Sullivan Street Players, and I got to write a show every semester, um, music and lyrics for, for this group. Um, but the, the, maybe the biggest influence in my um, education was a woman named Barbara Ames, who taught at Hunter, uh, College, High School, Hunter College Elementary School, uh, and she took over the whole grade, basically, and she did West Side Story, and she also had written it out by hand, copied it from the movie. Um, I don't know where MTI was. Um, uh, Anyway, this woman was able to inspire the entire grade to stop learning and do theater for the entire second semester. And it worked on me. It just, it made me want to do this. And it also worked on another guy named Lin-Manuel Miranda five years later at my same school. They had the same teacher who did it. Like, isn't that cool? That's cool. And now, we, now our office is like down the block from Miss Ames. Yes. Um, and apparently Miss Ames was also quite attractive, uh, which I think also... <laughs> this had something to do with it. <laughs> had something to do with his inspiration. Didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. <laughs> um, <laughs> so this actually kind of leads into to our next song. Um, uh, we, I was just thinking, we were talking the other day about, you know, the process in the room as we're starting Frozen, and um, we're, we're really starting to come in now, um, really on Monday, we're going to begin the collaboration on this Denver production in the rehearsal room, and you have to follow We've been protocol. busy writing Frozen 2, by the way, which is why we didn't rehearse this. We have an excuse. <laughs> um, and uh, we, um, 
you know, I, I always have to learn the lesson of don't just say exactly what you think, because that's in school, you kind of raise your hand, you get called on, and the right answer is the right answer, and there's no, you know, like, first, you know, those kids that, whose hands shoot up, I was that kid. Um, and it doesn't always work that way in the world. You kind of have to play, you have to, you have to be sensitive, and you have to work with politics, people. Politics, politics, all politics. that stuff. Um, and, uh, and it just makes me nostalgic for a certain time when things were simpler. I wish I could go back to college. Life was so simple back then. What would I give to go back and live in a dorm with a meal plan again? (sighs) I wish I could go back to college. In college, you know who you are. You sit in the quad and think, oh my God, I am totally gonna go far. How do I go back to college? I don't know who I am anymore. I wanna go back to my room and find a message and dry erase pen on the door. Whoa, whoa, I wish I could just drop a class. Or get into a play. Change my major. Or fuck my TA. I need an academic advisor to point the way. We could be sitting in the computer lab. 4 a.m. before the final paper is due. Cursing the world because I didn't start sooner. And seeing the rest of the class there too. Wish I could go back to college. How do I go back to college? I wish I had taken more pictures. Me too. But if I were to go back to college, think what a loser I'd be. I'd walk through the quad and think, oh my God. These kids are so much younger than me. Thank you. Thank you. That song is from Avenue Q, and I have to credit my co-writer on that one, Jeff Marks. Yes. Whom I met in the BMI workshop, which is a wonderful program. It's a good segue. It's a good segue into um, people ask us how we met. Um, And we actually met, uh, I was a first year at BMI. I had just just figured out, oh, I'm not an actress. Um, I don't need to do nonsense in New Hampshire for the rest of my life. Uh, I'm a writer. You are the author Um, of My Fair Lady. (laughs) (laughs) You ding-a-ling. Um, uh, anyway, I, I had just realized I was, I was a writer, not an actress, and, um, and I was in the first year, and I, there was this smoker of, like, the hit songs from the year before, and Bobby and Jeff came into the room, um, or they were doing the first song from Avenue Q, and Bobby walked in the door, and I had, like, an electrified moment where I was like oh my god my husband just walked in the door like I'm gonna marry that guy I'm gonna marry that guy I hope he's not young 
or gay. Like, I, <laughs> and then he proceeded to put on a red yarn wig and play a female puppet, trying to get out of jury duty. Um, <laughs> and then afterwards, I came up to him and was like, oh my God, you're so talented. Oh my God, you're going to be famous. You're so good. And the thought bubble above my head was, like, this is the man I'm going to marry. I love him. And the thought bubble over Bobby's head was... Finally, uh, this is working. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get to date her. I'm gonna get to <laughs> date this chick. <laughs> um, and the reason we bring up BMI is that as educators, we thought maybe there were a couple things, some some real basics that we learn at BMI that if you have aspiring writers um, as students, or you want to do exercises or something, for to encourage that. If you're a female, you don't have to just be an actress. You can actually be a writer, um, uh, which was certainly a message that it took a long time for me to figure out. Um, there's something called an I Want song, and and it could be a really fun exercise to do where you find your favorite character from literature or anything, really, movies, and you say, what does this character want, and how would they sing about it? Um, and it's it's the basic building block of everything, all musicals that work, <laughs> and um, everything we face with Disney day in and day out is, what is the, your main character's I Want song? Main characters are hard. They're hard to make them likable because you don't want them be, to be too much this way or too much that way, but you, uh, you, they have to be um, specific enough to believe as a character, and you have to get behind what they want, and they have to be likable. So it's a, it's a real burden that's placed on the I Want song in every, uh, in every traditional show. And for, um, for Frozen, we wrote three I Want songs for Anna because what often what your character wants and what she needs ends up changing. Um, and uh, Every time you rewrite the story, every time you rewrite this main character, which is very often, especially like every, there's maybe six screenings of an animated movie at Disney, Six different versions of Anna, six you know different different stories really. And we knew we we had sort of honed in on the fact that we wanted to send up the idea that that true love always saves the Disney princesses, um, and and broaden the definition of what true love could be. But we had to find a likable way to make a princess that was yearning for this true love. Um, we had to make it go past our, our, you know, the new modern sensibility that's like, come on, don't wait for a, a prince to come save you and, and sort of serve that up in a way that would be likable, um, which is why we, we had to kind of show the, the hole in her, in her life and in her heart before she sang this song that would, would be the engine driving this need for like, ah, oh, tonight's the night, and that she had been um, so alone and, and so shut out from people for so long. Um, should we play? Yeah, and, um, and we even included, I think the, the key ended up being including Elsa in the song as well, um, giving a little peek into the, Anna being this extroverted character. Sorry, this is so tacky that I brought this. <laughs> um, but I, I don't really, it's, it's been so long that I... <laughs> I don't I know. know where the files are. I was, go I was going over the lyrics backstage, going, okay, wait. Who knew we owned 8,000 salad plates? What a weird lyric that is. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I'm going to try to remember that. <laughs> okay. All right, uh, here we go. 
the window. Oh my god, open. I totally forgot. Oh, yeah. Okay, here we go. <laughs> here we go. The window is open, so sorry, is that sorry, sorry, sorry. Right? No, look, we're gonna do it. Okay, and he'll be Elsa, I'll be Anna. The window is open, so is that door. I didn't know they did that anymore. Who knew we owned a thousand salad plates? For years I've roamed these empty halls. Why have a ballroom with no balls? Finally, they're opening up the gates. They'll be actual real life people. It'll be totally strange. But wow, am I so ready for this change? Cause for the first time in forever, there'll be magic, there'll be light. For the first time in forever, I'll be dancing, dancing through the night. Don't know if I'm elated or gassy, but I'm somewhere in that zone. Cause for the first time in forever, I won't be alone. I can't wait to meet everyone. <gasps> what if I meet the one? Tonight, imagine me gown and all, fetchingly draped against the wall, the picture of sophisticated grace. Uh, suddenly see him standing there, a beautiful stranger, tall and fair. I want to stuff some chocolate in my face. And then we laugh and talk all evening, which is totally bizarre. Nothing like the life I've led so far. For the There'll be music, there'll be fun For the first time in forever I could be noticed by someone And I know it is totally crazy To dream I'd find romance But for the first time in forever At least I got a chance Don't let them in. Don't let them in, Elsa. Don't let them see. Be the good girl you always have to be. Conceal. Don't feel. Put on a show. Make one wrong move and everyone will know. But it's only for today. It's only for today. It's agony to wait. It's agony to wait. Tell the guards to open up. The game. The game. For the first time in forever. Don't let them in. Don't I'm let them see. I'm getting what I'm dreaming of. Be the good girl you always have to be. A chance be. to change my lonely world. Conceal. A chance to find true love. Conceal, don't feel, don't let them. I know it all ends tomorrow, so it has to be today. And she bumps into her. <laughs> Thank uh, you for whoever provided me that little prompt there. Yes, yes. Good. Who would you like to come up and sing things? the next song? <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> you rewrite these things so much too. Also, um, you know, like there'll be actual actual something people was like, there'll be happy smiling people. Right, right, right. And I wanna stuff some chocolate in my face was I hope that I don't vomit in his face. <laughs> and all of the execs were like, vomit is a little far. <laughs> <laughs> but they, they let us keep why have a ballroom with no balls somehow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think we slid that one under the <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> What we'd really like to do is play you new stuff from Frozen Broadway, which there is a lot of, um, but we really can't because we work for Disney, which is a corporation which um, we sign like our life is our life is one non-disclosure to the next. Um, <laughs> but we, one thing we can do is, um, uh, and you know, part of the reason I couldn't bring up the file was we've changed that song. There's a whole new section in the middle now, and uh, uh, you know, there's like a big part where the I know, the, I know. the chorus comes. I know, in. we can't tell them. Yeah. We can't tell. Anyway. It's hopefully going to be really cool. We'll find <laughs> out in Denver. Anyways, um, but one thing we can play you is uh, stuff that was cut. From the movie. <laughs> um, and uh, and we, we mentioned that there were some other I Want songs that we wrote. One of them is called um, uh, On More Than Just the Spare, which I think is on the actual record if you want to hear that one. But the first one we wrote was called... We were, we were talking about, you know, almost like Queen Elizabeth and... Um, Princess and Elizabeth and Princess Margaret. They're like the heir and the spare. And we wrote a song called... Um, She's the heir on the spare. Um, we um, sort of thought it should be um, it should be a laid back kind of like you know I'm just a spare. I got nothing going on, and it needed to be fun. carefree, the opposite yeah. of of Elsa, who was holding the weight of the world on her shoulders. And so it went like this. <laughs> you gonna sing it? Uh, sure. She's the heir. I'm the spare. I'm the one they only want when she's not there. And then it went da 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 something crazy I love crazy <laughs> all my life has been a series of doors in my face and then like suddenly I'm like bump into you sick of the same thing it's like <laughs> I've been searching my whole life to find my own place and maybe it's the party talking or the chocolate fondue but with you but with you I found my place I see your face and, and it's, it's nothing, nothing like, like I've ever known before. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Love is an open door with you. With you. With you. With you. Love is an open door. And then, like every romantic cliche you've ever seen, happens. I'm gonna do this one more. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy. What? We finish each other's sandwiches. That's what I was gonna say. I never met someone who, who thinks, thinks so much like me. Jinx. Jinx, Jinx again. again. Our, Our mental synchronization can have but one explanation. You and we're, we're just meant to. <laughs> one more time, one more time. 
One, two, three, and you and I were just meant, meant to be. Say goodbye. Say goodbye to, to the, the pain, pain of the past. We don't have to feel it anymore. Love is an open door. Love is an open door. Life can be so much more with you. With you. With you. Love is an open door. Can I say something crazy? What? Will you marry me? I always make him ask me to marry him in public. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's more of an example of a charm song, going back to the BMI building blocks. Um, A charm song doesn't have to do that much it just has to be fun and pretty. Um, and, uh, and they teach us, like, there's a whole assignment on writing a charm song um, for musicals, which some of your favorite Disney musicals are actually charm songs. Kiss the Girl, Under the Sea. Friend Like Me. Friend Like Me. Um, uh, okay, so where are we? Where are there? Okay. Um, talking about our own family a little bit, um, we, we have two girls. One is 12, one is 8. They're actually... They're actually in Brooklyn um, working on Annie Jr. right now. With um, <laughs> uh, our, The 12-year-old is playing Lily, and the 8-year-old is playing Molly. So everybody's, everybody's happy. Um, the 8-year-old comes home, and it's really serious about it. And, like, Brassus is her choreography all the time. That's a hard <laughs> Um, and in our, in our own life, like we kind of write songs all the time. Like we're always singing everything. Um, and we have some family jingles that, uh, um, (laughs) that we, we like, like what is like, um, for air, for airport food. We all, slightly old, slightly cold, slightly wet sandwiches. Um, (laughs) Uh, and we tend to write these on vacation, like rental car, a rental car jingle yeah. is thrifty, thrifty, our cars don't have that many ants. Um, <laughs> that's a favorite. Um, <laughs> oh, and then on, um, on our last vacation, we were in Sedona and we really, we had a long vacation and I brought my little keyboard rig and we had this little hot tub in the back and we were all in the hot tub and we just do Harry Potter quizzes and um, the whole we do time. Harry Potter quizzes in the hot tub um. <laughs> and we ended up orchestrating the jingle song like the, the intro song for the Harry Potter quiz um, which was and the, it was longer than the actual quiz itself what, what time, time is it, it? You, you know what time it is time for the Harry Potter quiz what time, what time is it? Oh, I guess yes, I think, think you know. Time for the Harry Potter quiz show. We'll We've have got lots of questions that might be a struggle for you to answer if you're a muggle. Will you, <laughs> <laughs> will you fall prey to dark magic disguises or take home cash and prizes? <laughs> <laughs> what time it is? Oh yes, I think you know. Havana Kedavra. Time for that would the be a different, Harry different spell every time. Potter quiz show. Anyway, that's that's what we do in our family. Uh, <laughs> um, and we're actually so we we've been sharing a little bit of 
frozen stuff with you. Um, and we can't show you new frozen stuff, sadly. But we can show you some stuff from a new show that we're writing. Um, one of them, one of the rules you learn at BMI is that the character driving a musical, one of the first things they teach you on the first day is the character has to have a larger-than-life personality and a huge, noble want. Um, and, and external uh, opposition, not self-thwarting. No gray yeah. area characters who kind of want this, kind of want that, and, and get in their own way. Right. Um, so that's what we wanted, that's what we decided to write. So Bobby was like, <laughs> I want to see if we can break that rule. Um, I, I should tell you, we haven't figured it out exactly yet. <laughs> but we have a musical that is, we're working on trying to get that exactly right. Um, and, and in truth, most of the characters we write for demonstrate some kind of flaw that, we, that we're dealing with in ourselves. You know, I, I, I can't tell you how many ways I'm like Anna. Um, but uh, this one is a lot closer to Bobby, who's, who's an introvert and kind of shy. Yeah. Um, and so the setup is it's a, it's a romantic comedy sort of, but it's really about this one guy's brain uh, and the, all the, the big cast of the show represents the, the, his mind and um, you know, everything that he has to work against in order to even say hello to this girl. Um, and in this, in this part of the show, they've been dating for a while and they've had a lot of great, um, a lot of great, he's had, we've seen all this feeling inside him, but she really, it's all been inside him and he has, she hasn't, um, she hasn't seen been able it. to see it. She hasn't really seen it. The audience has. Right. His, his consciousness is brought to life on stage, but she can't see it. So the audience is privy to all the things he's not saying, all the ways that he stops himself from expressing. Yeah, and, um, and so she kind of calls him on it in this scene. They're in the park in a beautiful setting. And she says, you know, what's going on? How, how are we doing? What, what are you feeling? And um, he's a little bit taken aback because he assumes she knows, and she doesn't. And... Um, and so he takes a little while to collect his thoughts and you sort of see um, these beautiful dancers kind of come in while, while this music plays and he's thinking. So she's just said, you know, I just like a sense of what's going on with us. All right, so let me start it then. Okay. You're really taking your time there. Oh, sorry. This isn't easy for me. Okay. I feel good. I feel like things are going well. I'm really happy. I thought that you could tell I like you I like everything you do I can't imagine a person As right for me as you I mean I feel like I've always known you That's good Keep going. Oh, I should do the second verse then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Makes me think 
might be true what they say there's a person out there you're meant to find one day and when you meet them makes them you know, you know them, them faster fast. than you should and the smallest thing they do makes you feel infinitely good I mean I feel like I've always known you What was my life like before you were there? I don't know I don't care Did we in some lifetime long ago There's something about you I already seem to know I've always known the way you smile, speak and laugh Even though I've only known you a week and a half Um, and then the rest of the musical is about how how they really don't know each other very well at all <laughs> um, and have to find their way to communication to figure that out. Um, and that's called Up Here. And uh, switching gears back to Frozen for a second, we wanted to talk about Let It Go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so Let It Go was one of the first songs we wrote that actually stayed in the movie. Um, and we, we had had a screening and nothing was really working. It was very, the, Anna wasn't a really likable character. Elsa wasn't a really likable character. She, she was the villain. She was the villain. She, she sort of came down the mountain with a, an angry group of snowmen and attacked the village. Um, and it just wasn't singing um, so we we kind of all went on a retreat and we we started talking and we made an outline and in the outline there was a, a moment where Elsa went from like the buttoned up buttoned up queen to to having to become the snow queen um, so it was a transformation song and we were like we don't want it to be your typical Disney song we wanted it to have some pop some Adele some some Sarah Bareilles um, and we kind of called it Elsa's badass song um, <laughs> and then we went back to Brooklyn and we were and she was still a villain then by the way um, hence the hence the line um, let the storm, let rage, the storm on. rage on like that that's still the it's remnants of the villain um, and but we started talking and we um, we took a walk in Prospect Park in Brooklyn, and Bobby started talking about his experiences, like being the perfect straight A student, trying, like living up to all of those, all of that pressure. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, "Wow, that sounds like being a mom." Like, 
It's like trying to be perfect and make the quinoa and sign up the things and get the forms done and, and stay skinny and have a good marriage and do stuff. And I was like, Whoa. and we started tapping into like what it, what it would feel like just to let that all go. And we sort of stood up on a picnic table and let it go was born. Um, That's the good thing about school. It's like, um, if you, if you do fail, I mean, I was trying to make myself, because I never let the pressure off myself. Uh, I had to get the A's. I had to get into the good school. Um, but I just, I was trying to do, make myself imagine, what if I got the test back and it said 68 or 63, whatever the I know that bad number is. <laughs> and I didn't get into Yale. And I just pictured like, oh, that would have felt great. <laughs> that would have felt great once you, once you let all that off your shoulders. Um, and so we wrote Let It Go. And I am, oh, I should, uh, so cut to, so we find ourselves like these, these two parents from Brooklyn in the middle of a, an Oscar campaign, um, uh, you know, with a song written by Bono and a song written by Pharrell and, and yeah. like us like sort of showing up. Yeah, there was a <laughs> Rolling Stone. <laughs> we had to go to this lunch at the, at the Hollywood Beverly Hilton or whatever it was and the, and and it was a it was a photo shoot with all of those. I wouldn't tell this story. I just thought I was like, oh, I'm not gonna tell this. That's the kind of story that gets you in trouble. Oh. Um, but we will. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was looking at Howard. I was oh. like, no, no, that's going to go viral. We're not going to tell that story. Um, uh, and Howard, I want you to get my good side. Move over to that side. You t- <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, so I was, I was thinking cut to, um, we go to the Oscars and, and I, you know, I'm not wearing like mom clogs. I'm wearing like real shoes and, and, um, we're there with the, um, president of Disney music and he knows, he knows the drill and he sneaks in a plastic flask to, to the Oscars because you, you have to go through a metal detector. And I was like, no, no, Tom, I'm not going to, I'm not going to drink tonight. I really want to remember this night. I want to remember it. And then we get to the moment where John Travolta is like, the wickedly talented Adele Dezim. <laughs> and I reach over and I go, Tom, give me that flask. <laughs> But Adina killed it. She killed it. And, um, and the rest is a complete blur. And I'm going to try and sing it, but I'm not Adina Menzel. And if you want to, I'd love for all of you who know it to especially join in from the past is in the past. Because it's just like screeching, okay? <laughs> Snow glows white on the mountain tonight, not a footprint to be seen. A kingdom of isolation, and it looks like I'm the queen. The wind is howling like this swirling storm inside. Couldn't keep it in, heaven knows I tried. Don't let them in, don't let them see Be the good girl you always have to be Conceal, don't feel, don't let them know 
hold it back anymore. Let it go, let it go. Turn away and slam the door. I don't care what they're going to say. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. It's funny how some distance makes everything seem small, and the fears that once controlled me can't get to me at all. It's time to see what I can do to test the limits and break through. No rights, no wrongs, no rules for me. I'm free. Let it go. Let it go. I am one with the wind and sky. Let it go. Let it go. You'll never see me cry. Here I stand, and here I'll stay. Let the storm rage on. I'm gonna build a snow palace now. <laughs> My uh, powers flurry through the air into the ground. My soul is spiraling in frozen fractals all around. And one thought crystallizes like an icy blast. I'm never going back. The past is in the past. Let it go. Let it go. Of dawn, let it go, let it go. That perfect girl is gone. Here I stand in the light of day. Let the storm rage on. The cold never bothered me anyway. Thank you. That song, that song, man, it's hard to sing. <laughs> when you're doing it in like 2027 uh, with some high schooler, I think you, sh- you should find, find a way to, to change those keys in there. The three, <laughs> the three faces of Elsa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the high Elsa and low singing Elsa. Um, triple cast it. Um, <laughs> So we're almost at time um, for these guys. Um, so is there anything we want to say in conclusion other than you're both phenomenal human beings and artists? Um, let's thank them for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much. You've been listening to the Broadway Teachers Podcast, recorded live at the Broadway Teachers Workshop, an annual program that brings theater teachers together with the Broadway community for behind-the-scenes classes, workshops, intimate discussions, and Broadway shows in New York City and online. Learn more at www.broadwayteachinggroup.com.
wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise. 